Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods. Thanks for making the time to join us once again. We're early in the new domestic season. Lots of summer signings movement as ever. One of the most intriguing rosters in Cheshire. A veritable hotspot of domestic talent, including our guest in this edition. He's a Great Britain international who's been so many different places. It's hard to believe he's only 25 years of age. Jules Dangakodu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, let's, let's start. You know, new season. Cheshire, I mean yourself, Teddy Akorafur, Cal Carey, Josh McSwigan, it's it's you know, domestic backcourt, you know, galore. Um what's it like? What's the vibe? Uh it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I've played with most of these guys. I've played with Teddy, I've played with Cal and also Josh. So, you know, the chemistry is already there, so uh I'm really looking forward to it. What's um I mean, it's early days yet. Um, what's the feeling? How's the how's things gelling um, between you guys? I mean, it's been it's been pretty cool so far. You know, the guys really like each other. You know, uh, we, we we know we have a young team. You know, and uh, and we know that chemistry is going to be one of the most important things for for us. So, you know, we we're really we're really focusing on that, you know, just just getting along with each other, you know, uh, just making sure everyone feels comfortable with around each other. What's, I mean, you, you go into the summer and obviously, you know, you're at London Mines past two years and you know, you're looking for a new deal. It's, it's a career. When you're, t- you're talking to people like Ben and, and everyone behind the scenes at, at, at James and Cheshire. I mean, what's the kind of criteria at this point to your career when you're choosing that next club? Uh, just being able to, you know, to to be on the court uh, consistently. You know, uh, having having uh, uh, someone that kind of trusts me in a sense. You know, just to be out there. Uh, consistently and and almost giving me a leadership role, you know. Uh, I think that's 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 one of one of the one of the things I was looking for, just just stepping into a leadership role, and and being able to to kind of to be one of the leaders on the team, and uh, you know facilities as well, you know. Uh, having access, having access to to basketball court, to the court, you know, to get some work in whenever I want, you know, that was one of the one of the biggest, one of the big parts. Because when you look back the last few years, I mean, you've you've performed in big games, and there's been your know, moments where you've made big shots, but principally coming off the bench, both in London and before that with the Royals as well. And when you're looking to kind of progress as a player. Does that hold you back, not having that opportunity to be the leader or be the main playmaker or run a team, or or how do you find ways to keep you know learning and and, and self improving? I mean, it depends how you look at it, you know. Uh, 
I mean, I think last year, last year really helped me mentally, you know, just being able to stay focused and, you know, not, not knowing when you're going to be in the game, you know, staying ready. So it, I think it really helped me being, being mentally, mentally, mentally ready, being mentally stronger, you know, and I think that's a, that's a big, that's a big part of, of basketball, you know, uh, if you look in a you know professional professional environment, everyone got skills, you know. Everyone can play, and uh, I think the the big difference between like the the really good players and the average players is that their 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 mental preparation is is a bit is a bit different, you know. So I think I think. Uh, I really, I really gained, I really gained a lot. I really gained a lot. But uh, just as a player, you know, just practice, just practicing is, is not enough. You need, you need time on the court. You need, you need to gain experience playing, you know. So I think not playing kind of like slows you down a little bit. But, you know, you can't, you can't drop your head. You have to, you have to keep going. When you look around the league, I mean, obviously, We've only seen teams in, in preseason, etc. But how do you, how do you as a group at the Knicks, how do you kind of set your aspirations at this point in time? Want to say that again? Sorry. How do you set the aspirations for the team, and what what do you guys when you sort of talk and you have a little sense of what the talent everyone else has got, etc. I mean, how do you, how do you view the aspirations of what you guys could achieve this season? Hmm. I mean, we have we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of talent on in each position, you know. And like I said, we're we're really young, but we have a lot of experience, you know. Uh, I mean, we don't really want to jump the gun, you know. We don't want to look too far ahead. We want to take each day as it comes. But you know, we have we have big goals. You know, we can do some we can do some some big things. And uh, like I said, we have a lot of talent. You know, we have a GB, a GB guard uh, in Teddy, you know, that I think is going to, he's going to be a big part of our team, just leading us, you know, in, a, in, in, in our goals, if I may say. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't really want to, you know, jump the gun too, like jump the gun and like look too far ahead. But I really think we can, we we can do some big things this year. Is there is there a sort of drive in your part? Because having won stuff and winning, you know, winning makes things lots of, you know, changes it and makes things brighter, etc. But you've won stuff the last few years. It, was that one of the things going up to Cheshire to, to keep experiencing that winning feeling? Yeah, I mean, wins, once, you, once you get to the finals and get to win a trophy, you know, it's, it's an eye-opener, you know. Uh, you want to do it again, you know. Wherever you go, you wanna, you just wanna keep winning, you know. It's, it's an amazing feeling, you know. Just lifting that trophy at the end after, after, after all the, after all the hard work, you know. It's you just keep chasing that feeling, you know. Let's go back to the start, um, right back to the start. I mean, you, you had a great summer. You were, you were 
everyone else was stranded going on holiday in places like you know Skegness and Scarborough or wherever you know you were off to Cameroon back to back to the land of your birth which you know, no yeah. bad thing sounds very glamorous um what's it like because you moved over to the UK when you were six I mean so how much did you grow up you know remembering the country before you you came over here not I didn't not a lot to be honest not a lot I just had memories of you know the the area I lived in you know the the friends I had while I was there you know that was, but that's that's pretty much it you know when I went back I mean a lot didn't uh, it didn't really change a lot but it was I mean it was how can I say I wasn't shocked in a sense because you know I always it always stays in my it always stays on my mind you know I always think about back home so going back it was like it was like I've been there all this time if that makes sense describe the place I and mean, give, give us a flavor what's it like it's hot <laughs> it's really hot <laughs> it's really hot uh it's loud it's a bit it's a bit like london i would say it's a bit like london it's very it's very crowded uh like there's there's no rules on the road <laughs> there's no rules on the road people drive like they want how they want you know but it's a it's a great culture you know like people are real friendly you know uh it's 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 an amazing place if uh, if you have money, I'll put it like that. Which having played for Lions for two years, that's that's not a problem. <laughs> I mean, presumably you would have grown up speaking French initially. Yes. And I've seen you tweet in French. So you still got it. Yeah, I still speak. I still speak French. So what was that like rocking up at, at London at? age six as a as a French speaker ah uh, it was rough <laughs> it was rough it was rough uh I mean I started I started in what year three I believe you know just being in class and being the only one that doesn't understand anything it's you know it's a bit it's a bit tough it's a bit tough you know you just you just like it's like being in space, like kind of being by yourself. Like you, I'm around people, but it's like I'm I'm in my head most of the time, you know, because I don't really understand what anyone's saying. So I'm pretty much talking to myself the whole time. You know, just it's tough to make friends, you know, because you don't really speak the language. It's hard to understand, you know. So yeah, it was rough. It was rough. What was the key to unlocking it? I mean, do you just have to sit and work on it, or you know, do you start? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Do you find yourself suddenly speaking English one day and go, "Oh, that was all right." I mean, you just you just take you just take each day at a time, you know. Uh, like every day, I'll just try to learn something new, like a new word. I'll find a word that I like, and I'll just repeat it, repeat it every day, you know. Um, yeah, it's funny how it's funny it's funny how how it, it happens. Like you just yeah, you wake up one day and then you you understand and you speak you speak the language, you know. But it's it's a process. It's a process. And also as a kid, like six years old, I speak French but you know, it's not <laughs> it's not fully 
you know, I'm not fully speaking French. I still have space in my mind to like to learn to learn another language. So it was it happened fast, I'll say. What was it like with the other kids? I mean, yeah, kids can be, you know, inquisitive, cruel, you know, tentative, whatever it is, you know, was that were the kids sort of curious about that or how does it go? Uh, they were actually cool. The kids were cool. I mean, I was I was always good at sports, so that's the way I kind of like made friends. So I, I was during break time, we were playing football and like everyone would take a liking to me because I'm, I'm pretty good. So they want me on their team. So that's how like, they, that's how I made friends, you know. When you go back now, I mean, obviously basketball is such a big thing, Joel Embiid, et cetera, you know, and others beyond. Um, I mean, it must be kind of cool when you go back and to be, be part of this hoops nation that's you know somehow some some way produce so many you know big bowlers yeah i mean it's when you when you look at the joel and bees and uh yeah joel and b for example he came he came straight out of cameroon uh and i think he he started playing basketball late you know it's it's inspiring you know just to see such a big talent coming from from where i come from you know, it's inspiring. What about your start in basketball? Where, do, where, where does ball end up in hand and talent bloom? Well, I, I took a liking to basketball, actually, before I came to England, to London. My uncles used to play basketball. And I always, I don't know, I always, I used to always watch them, but they wouldn't let me play. <laughs> so after they were done, I would sneak out of the house and like, take my football and go and go shoot you know and when I when I came over to London in uh in Maine Brixton we didn't really have basketball so I just went back to playing football so when I went when I got out of primary school I thought I started playing I started playing again when I went to uh Stockwell Park High School in year seven I remember we had uh we had an assembly and after the assembly, this this coach just walks in front, and he was just saying, "If you wanna, if you wanna play basketball or learn how to play basketball, just come sign up after school." And I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm there for sure." And I went there, signed up, and it was it was a rep from there. How do you go from that? I mean, that's what roughly age eleven. How do you go from that to moving to Slovenia at the age of 15? Uh, so when I started playing basketball, I was playing football at the same time, right? So after a year of, you know, just training and playing, you know, other schools, I really took a liking to basketball. I stopped playing football. I stopped playing football and I just put everything into basketball. And again, like everything happened so quick. You know, I was just, I was in the gym daily. You know, I was in the gym every day. You know, my coach, usually, he, he used to kick me out of the gym because you used to be in there the whole day just tired, but we didn't want to get out of the gym, you know, because we just, we just loved, we just loved playing so much. 
And was that done with the goal of you know someone saying to you, you keep training here and you keep practicing and everything that you could go pro, or was it just for the pure hell of it at that point? You know, at first, at first, it was just I was just playing just because you know I'm a sports guy and I love running, and basketball was just one of those things where it's high pace up and down and you know it it just kept me focused in a way because you know in basketball it's like you can't you can't really switch off you gotta be you gotta be focused all the time you know so i really i really like that because i'm a bit i'm a bit easily distracted you know so it, i really took a liking to it i really took a liking to it um I think after 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 a couple of months, I remember I remember I was in a I was in a gym with a couple of my friends that was also playing, and we was talking about you know playing in Europe, playing in Euroleague. We didn't even know about NBA at the time, which is <laughs> unusual. Yeah, you know, we didn't even know about the NBA. We just knew about Europe because our coaches were were European from you know Czech Republic, Serbia, so. I think we were just talking about how how it will be it will be good to you know be a pro, be playing in a Euroleague and whatnot. But I didn't really, I didn't really focus on it. I didn't really focus on. Like I said, I just really took a liking to basketball, and I was just playing just to just to play, you know. But I always knew I was going to be a pro in in sport. Because I, I, like I said, I was playing football, and uh, I wanted to be a pro. In, I wanted to play pro in football, you know. So I just, I just kind of switch, switch my mentality to uh, to uh, to basketball. Uh, I think after like after about a year or two, my coaches were telling me I could play pro, you know. But in my head, we're just like, okay, like. I kind of started late, you know. I mean, I'm good, but I didn't really see myself there, you know. So, uh, and when you go from that, I mean, obviously it helps to have good coaching at a young age. But not everyone, you know, earns that move, and particularly to a country like Slovenia, which you know, again, doesn't speak, you know, different language, different kind of culture. You know, how does that offer come about? And you know what makes you decide to make this incredible leap of faith at a very young age to to go to to Ljubljana? I mean, after three years, I got I got really good. Like I was, I got really good after three years. I was improving like tremendously, and. Uh, we used to go to these to these camps in uh, in Serbia and playing against playing against kids that have been played that have been playing since they were I don't know playing basketball since they were born you know and I wasn't I wasn't I didn't feel out of place I didn't feel out of place I was competing with them that's when I felt like okay like I can I can be a pro like I can be a I can be a pro so my coach Pedrat Serbian he he had a friend 
he had a friend in uh in Slovenia. I guess he was uh his friend was the the scout for Union Olympia. Uh so I guess he told him about me and they invited me over for, for a tryout. So I went there for a week and uh, you know, I impressed them. Come back home. The next day they they want me to come back for, for the whole for the rest of the year. And really my my mother didn't want me to leave. She really wanted me, she wanted me to finish school and uh then leave. But this was like this was like a dream dream come true. Like I wasn't I wasn't really a school guy, you know. I just <laughs> wanted to play basketball and they were like we play basketball uh morning practice, afternoon practice. That was like music to my ears, you know. Just playing basketball all day. So yeah, I I didn't I didn't think twice. I didn't think twice. What's the integration process like though going there? Because yeah, I mean it's a beautiful setting. It's a beautiful country. But you know, you go in there, it's not there's people speak English, but not everyone speaks English. You know, you go in there at fifteen. Um how do you sell? Oh man, I can tell you it was it was it was tougher than me coming to London at, at six. Like it was it was tough. You know, like nobody speaks nobody speaks English. It's kinda of hard to communicate, you know. Coming from London, you know, London is fast, loud. And now I'm in a, I'm in a city that's just quiet, it's small, not not much going not much going on. You know. My first my first my first three months was was really rough. I almost I almost came back. I almost came back home. I was, I was really, I was really homesick. Like, I remember calling my calling my parents, just telling them uh, I've, I I want to come home. And uh, my my the GM, the GM, he called my parents over, uh, just explaining to them that they don't want me to leave. You know, they don't want me to come back. Uh, I remember having to. To just really think hard about it, like why do why do I really want to go home? You know, this is a this is a big opportunity. Like people don't really get this this opportunity this early. You know, at this at that stage, like I've only been playing basketball for three years, and I'm already here. Uh, you know, I really just had to make a decision. Like, is this what I really want? You know, and then you just that's kind of how. You know, you got to make, you got, you got to switch, you got to switch the mindset. You know, it's not, it's not easy, but if that's what you say you really want to do, then, you know, you kind of have to get used to it and go through it. I mean, it's one of the best youth setups in Europe and it's produced really good players. And, you know, along with, you know, your, your big Spanish clubs, you know, a few of the Italian clubs, what do they do well? that we should be learning about in this country? Because there isn't a club in this country that really functions in the same way. I mean, we've got a few of the academies, but it's it's not it's not the same sort of level. What do they do that if, if you were in charge of British basketball right now, that you would go, yeah, we need to have X, Y, and Z available in this country? Uh, I mean, 
their main focus is player development. You know, their main goal is having their players play in the men's, play with the men's. So my first, my my second year, my second year there, I was really practicing with the men's team. You know, uh, everything the men's was doing, who was doing it, the juniors was doing it. So when you when you go to the men's, you're not really, you're not really out of place. You know. So I think one thing they do really well is just, is is folk. The main main focus is play development. You know, practice twice a day. Every day. Because you really, you really have to be on the court a lot to to have that that major improvement. You know, you know it's it's just really organized the way they do it. Like they will have practice. They have practice at seven seven a.m. every morning, and it will just be skill work, straight skill work, straight individuals, and they. They will focus on all your weaknesses. They'll focus on your weaknesses. They will watch game tape. You know, that's things like that. We don't we don't really do it here until we get to the men's level. And by that time you're you know what I'm saying you're you're a little you're a little bit behind already. So they they really prepare you for the next level, I would say. That's one of the best things they do. They prepare you for the next level. Do you find that useful even now? I mean, you're, 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 you've been in this league in the BBL since 2018, and the resources are not always the same. You've been at clubs with good resources, but you know it's different. Do you find that helps you, in a sense, keep those sort of processes and keep those good habits wherever you go because you know what you, what you should do, given, you know, given the resources available, what you should be doing to be... A professional in the you know the the stricter sense of the word. Yes, learn something, something like that. You know, learn how to be a pro from young. It it stays with you wherever you go. You know, uh, it really helps you. It really helps you stay, stay consistent. No matter no matter the environment, you know, you know what you need to do. You know what uh, a professional, a professional environment or a professional basketball player should be doing. So you're not really, you're not really looking at what others are doing in a sense. You know, because it's easy to be, to be in, in to be to be carried away, or just to get comfortable. I would say it's easy to get comfortable when you get in a situation where maybe you're you're used to. You're used to shooting, probably. You're used to getting in the gym an hour before, you know. But you get in a you get in an environment where you can't get in the gym hour before or half an hour before. So you just get comfortable. You don't you don't find out ways to to get your shots up, your shots up after practice, you know. So I think those those habits those habits really help you, in uh in the long run and wherever you go. You you still have those. You still carry that. You still carry those those same habits. When you go right, you move on from there, and you go to Frankfurt for a couple of stints with Skyliners, and obviously back in Slovenia, you have a stint in Spain, a stint in Germany. Um, 
how do you how do you make that adjustment? Is it simple because you've made two big leaps as a, as a young person? I mean, do, do, do you pick something new from each of those basketball cultures or even the country's cultures? Or, you know, what's that like, particularly as a, you know, a young guy getting out in the world, getting these different experiences? I mean, is, is that something that's kind of rich in benefits to you, you know, hopping from country to country for a few years? I mean, at that point, it's just, it's just a learning you're just learning from, you're just learning everywhere you go, you know. Because uh, I've always, always been the youngest on, on most teams, so I always just try to learn, try to learn from like the the older guys, the vets. Because I'm, I've, at that point, I'm still, I'm still a bit new to that life, you know. Uh, just, just learning how to be a pro. Learning how to be a, uh, a professional athlete, you know, looking at the guys that've been that been that have been doing it for for years, you know, looking at their habits, you know, what time they get to practice, what they do after practice, how they take care of their bodies, you know, just just learning how to be a pro, you know, how what they do after practice, what how they rest, you know, and just in life is just. It just helps you be more more disciplined, you know. I kind of use basketball to to guide me to guide me through through just life experience, you know. Because in basketball you need you need discipline, you need discipline, and uh, I would say I would say basketball really helped me help me in my day to day life, you know. That's with those stops in Germany, Slovenia, Spain, what was your favourite? What was your least favourite? Or more be more challenging, possibly a better weapon. Oh, what was my favourite? I think basketball wise, basketball wise, I'll say Slovenia because I improved I improved dramatically the three years I was there. And it was it was the most it was the most challenging. It was the most challenging and I I, I had to kinda become a new a new person, you know. I had to kinda change my mindset and become someone somewhat not someone else, but think different, act different and just go about life a little differently, you know. When I get to Germany, I'm already a bit seasoned. You know, I three year I did three years in in Slovenia, so by the time I get to Germany, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit seasoned. I kind of know my way around a little bit, but living wise, living wise, I would say Germany. I would say Germany. Frankfurt was an amazing city, a bit like London, like a smaller version of London. You know, it's a a lively city. A lively city. I really, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Frankfurt. In Spain, what was that experience like? Oh, uh, Spain, Spain was, Spain was a bit tough. Spain was a bit tough because I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect myself to, to go there. It was a last, kind of a last minute, last minute signing, you know. Uh, I was playing in the ABBA and training with the Lebgo team 
and you know going from going from playing in Slovenia and Germany to playing in the Abba League it was tough because it wasn't the Abba League is not really a a professional environment if I if I'm gonna say mm. uh well where I, where I was where I was where I was you know is you know guys coming in coming in halfway through practice from work you know so it's a bit uh, it was a bit of a shock you know you don't really feel you don't really feel like you don't really feel like you're you're a pro or in a professional environment you know so yes uh, spain spain was tough i mean where i was living too was it was it was a little village you know <laughs> it was a little village not not really much to do you know just stuck in the house all day i mean it's it's good to just focus if you just want to focus on basketball but you know there's times you need to take your mind off of basketball a little bit but yeah you're 20 years of age you need you, know, you need things to do <laughs> i mean the only thing at the end of that season though you you went to eurobasket and you know, yeah it was it was a late call end of the, the the squad to go to those finals i mean you played a couple of friendlies beforehand what, what i always remember about that tournament was yourself and kofi josephs went there not a great tournament for gb overall you guys mm. didn't play a minute and i i remember i can't remember who the last opponent was but i remember sitting there and being slightly angry for both of you because i felt that there was moments you guys could have at least got on and if you were building towards the future that even just to give you guys a little taster minutes of a big tournament when GB clearly weren't going to win games would yeah. have been a sensible approach. And I was annoyed for you both at the time, and I recall that. What was it like for you? Uh, uh, I mean, it was... We played... The, the funny thing is we played, we played, all the, we played the friendly games... I think the only the only game I didn't play, the only friendly game I didn't play was at the Copper Box when we played Greece. If I remember correctly, I think it was Greece. Yeah, that's the only friendly I didn't play. But I played all the other friendly games, and I remember playing well against Greece in Greece. Me and Kofi played that game, and I think we did we did pretty well. So going into the Euro, going to the Euro basket, I was, you know, I wasn't expecting to play big minutes. Obviously, you know, I, but I thought I was gonna see the court at least, maybe at the end, you know, last couple minutes, maybe. But it didn't happen, you know, and uh, it was a little bit frustrating just to, just to be sitting there and you know we're losing by twenty. And it's win the fourth, losing by twenty. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, three minutes left, and I don't even get to. We don't even get to to see the court, you know. Just just for the experience, you know. It was it was definitely frustrating, you know. But yeah, just you just gotta you know take it take it how it is, you know. Is there still an aspiration? I mean, to to get back in. Because you're only 25. I mean, yeah, you seem yeah. like you've been around forever, but you know, still probably not even at your prime yet. I mean, is that something you'd like to experience again? You know, 
getting back on an international stage. I mean, obviously, maybe playing against like alongside Teddy, you'll get watched um, by Nate or whoever. And you, is that is that a target still for you, an aspiration? For sure, I love I love putting the the national team jersey on. You know, I did it for I sacrificed a lot of summers to play for the national team. You know, and I was and I was happy doing it. You know, is there's no better feeling than going out there and competing for for your national team. You know, uh, of course, it's it's still a it's still something I want to do, definitely. With Royals and London Lions, the past couple of years, um, notice you're playing surrounded by by talent. I don't like to put you know, too much stuff on sort of previous years and how things go. But I look back at London last year. That's a lot of talent. How do you, how did you evaluate that at the end of the season? Because you, you know, one piece of silverware. But everyone's looking at you guys going, ah, you know, that, that should be a team that wins, wins everything, blows everyone apart. And okay, the, the cup final with the COVID instance is a kind of exception, etc. But, as a player, how do you sit back and look back on last year? I mean, we had a we had a we had a great team. We had a great team, you know. But uh, I feel like at times we were we were too comfortable because it was the first time. I mean, any of us played with a bunch of guys that we knew from young. You know, and we knew we were good. We knew we were good, and we didn't. We didn't take advantage of of this of our situation. You know, we. But uh, I just feel like we were we were we were too comfortable. We were too comfortable. We were too comfortable, and we. I think in our heads we had already won, you know, a bunch of silverware. So that alone made us, you know, not win the games we were supposed to win mm. as we were supposed to, or playing 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 together in in most games, you know. But I think our biggest our biggest thing was that we was we was I think we was really comfortable. We was too comfortable. How does that happen? In a you know, in a curious sense when you've got you've got a lot of really driven guys on that team. I mean Justin no one's ever accused Justin of getting too comfortable. But how does that seep into the culture of it? Because you know, that's it's a curious way of looking at when you've got high achieving guys to slip into that mindset. I mean, you're playing at home, you know. It's first time for a lot of guys. First time, for, it was the first time for me. Also playing at home. And it's playing, you go home. You want to go straight home. You might go see some friends or whatnot, you know. But when you play in Europe, it's not. It's not that. After after practice or game, you go, you go straight home. You know, you have nothing else to do. You go straight home. You know, so I just I just feel like yeah, being being at home and being a pro at home, you know, is this it's it's easy 
it's easy to slip into that mindset. So now when you're looking forward to this year and you're looking at the league, and it looks like you know it's going to be a competitive league. What what would you like? I mean, we've talked about you know how Cheshire do that will come and go, but you know for you, what would you like to achieve out of this season to kind of you know be the springboard or to continue sort of going upwards for you as you kind of approach this prime of your career? Um, personally, I. I I really want to be well how can I put this um, just working on being a, a a leader you know taking on a bigger role is there a points tally is there assists tally do you have little you know, targets of that in mind yeah I mean I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a one of my best, one of my best uh, attributes is defense, you know, and uh, one of my goals is really to get to be the to get a defensive player award, you know, uh, and I think just just by setting that goal, I think that will really help. That will help our team more, you know. And in terms of this league, final one for you. What would improve this league? as a setup, and we talked about, you know, improving BBL year on year. What would improve the league as a setup for a player? You know, you're a British player. You've been back a few years now. You've had an experience of it all. What's the next step? I think maybe looking after the, the home players a little, a little, a little better, you know, uh, given the, give the, given the, the, the home players a chance you know a bit of, more of a chance to 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 show what they got to show what they got you know I feel like I feel like we I feel like we're a bit overshadowed by by let's say the, the European players or the Americans coming over you know no, I feel like we we could give the the homegrown player a bit a bit more uh, a bit more room to to uh, to play or to improve, you know. Because at the end of the day, the homegrown player are the ones that are gonna stay here and you know and play here. The other you know the the foreigners are gonna come and go, and. Us the the homegrown players. I mean, me personally, I would I would love to stay here and play. You know, I've it's just always been a goal of mine to just you know be a pro in my own country. You know, like when you go to country like Spain, Germany, whatnot, their their players, their players get that. You know, get that. Uh, what can I say? Get the get the same same power, not yeah. Get the same power as the as the the foreigners. You know, you get at least two three players that will do what the the foreigners or the Americans would do. You know, so just being overseas and seeing that, I just always felt like we can have that here. We can have two three players on each team 
from here that that are looked at like the Americans are looked at, you know. So I just feel like the homegrown players should should get more more room to just to just play, to just be free, you know. Because we're gonna be we're gonna be here. We're gonna be here. We're gonna stay here. We want to stay here. You know, we don't don't really wanna wanna go overseas and and grind per se. You can do that in your own country and be great in your own country. You know, and I think that would that would take the league even further if you have players that that stay here consistently. You know, not come and go. If you have players that stay here consistently. I think that would only be that would only be good for 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 English basketball. I think that's what you're saying is you want a little bit of love. That's what it's all about. It's a bit of love. It always comes down to yeah. a bit of love. Um, yeah. Jules, thank you so much for stopping by with us. If you want to follow Jules on Instagram, you can get him at Jules Christian Ten. Have a great season. Hope it goes well for you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. That is it for this edition of the MVP Cast. You can get all the latest news on British Basketball MVP247.com and you can sign up there for our post-up newsletter if you want to reach out to me. You can get me on Twitter at Mark Gripple. Another edition coming very, very soon of me, Mark Woods. Thank you so much for listening and it's bye for now.